how many know that we are living in some crazy times? How many know that? Hey, I'm going to say something today. How many remember me preaching about six months ago? I said, I got to quit the news. How many remember me saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I failed. Okay. I, I, I failed. For five and a half months, as I declare before my own body of believers here, uh, I, I, I failed. Till last week, I found myself, and I'm going to be honest with you, I found myself, I was getting angry. I didn't realize it was, I was subconsciously, I was getting angry. I was always tense, and I'd find myself, you know, I'd be in there, and I'd turn talk radio on. Oh, I had to get me some Rush Limbaugh. And I'd listen, but then I'd get off, I'd get off the radio and wonder why I'm going in to visit somebody, and rather than praying and laying hands, I wanted to hit them. That was not good. I am being a little facetious, but that wasn't good. And so I asked the Lord, what do I need to do? He said, I already told you six months ago when you stand in front of the congregation. So, hi, my name's Dave Chappell, and I am one week sober from all news. <laughs> now, you may say, oh, it's no big deal. Hey, I'm going to Philippians where it says, Keep your eyes on that which is holy, your mind set on that which is holy, that which is pure, that which is righteous. The news isn't that anymore. It's not. I need to keep my eyes on what's going on. But the Lord, has several uh, about a month and a half ago, laid this on my heart to share, but here's the thing, I kind of pushed it to the side, but I need to share it today for some reason. So I'm hoping that you all receive it accordingly. I'm going to read some scripture from 2 Peter chapter 3, and this will tell you right where we're going, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. The elements will melt in the heat, but in keeping with His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. 2 Peter chapter 3. Folks, I am going to tell you something very quickly. When I first started as a youth pastor, I was really into eschatology. Fancy word for end times. I was into it. Oh, and you try to pull everything together and make it fit like a puzzle and somehow... And, you know, left behind back in 2000 or so, that was great. But I'm going to tell you, that was just one point of view uh, of how a lot it was just laid out for what it was, might look like. End time took the world by storm. But I'm going to tell you what. End time stuff cannot be on the throne. God is on the throne. Prophecy, when it comes to end time stuff, cannot be on the throne. God is on the throne. So I mean, it kind of shook me up a little bit to the point where I was like, I'm just, you know what? People want to talk about end times. I got two words. Be ready. Be ready. For a decade now, that's what I've done. You know, there's pastors out there today. We will preach for months on end times theology. No, nope, I got two words. Be ready. But then, the Lord, you know how the Lord does stuff? He says, all right, you know what? 
you need to start telling these people to be ready because it really is on the horizon. About 150 of you in here today, maybe less. Got a lot of people camping out. You can never, you never guess what's going on that it's May, huh? But I'm hoping every hero here today, we can't be fooling around. The time is upon us. The times are here. You said, I've been hearing this for years. The time is upon us. The time is here. Let me just share real quick. This is, I'm going to summarize it. Everybody up for a little summary today? I'm going to try to do what would be like a teaching thing for the next months, and I'm going to try to squeeze it into 10, 15 minutes here. But I'm just going to cover on a few things that are happening that Scripture foretold 2,000 plus years ago. Now, for those who are called believers, they believe that this word is what? Truth. In this day and age, this is becoming less and less in people's minds the truth. And therefore, there's less and less power in people's lives. How many know the suicide rate is up? How do you know that depression is up? How many know anxiety and worry and fear is up? How many know that the visits to counselors and psychologists and the pills being taken is more than ever before? How many know that? Do people realize that? The suicide rate is up, and here's what I'm. I, I, here's what just makes me a guess. People are going. We don't understand it. We don't understand it. I'm going to just touch on a couple things. Number one, do you know that the Scripture prophesied over 2,000 years ago that prior to the return of Jesus Christ, the world's focus would be on the Middle East? In fact, Ezekiel 5.5 says, Thus says the Lord God, this is Jerusalem. I have set her at the center of the nations. What's happening in three weeks, two, three weeks? Anybody know? 70th year of Israel becoming a nation. By the way, that was the biggest prophecy, one of the biggest prophecies ever when that happened in 1948, when Israel became a nation. Do you know what the long shot on that was? And how out of the blue that came? And when that happened, suddenly everybody got rocked because they're like, wait a minute. The Bible said this was going to happen, but we didn't think we'd see it. And it happened. And it said in this generation, and then in 1967, guess what was recognized at that point as being the center there of Israel? Jerusalem. And it said, the Scripture says, those who see this happening, that generation will not pass. Now, what, how does that lay out? I don't know, but we're still, we still got that generation, especially with Jerusalem becoming in the center. That's 1967. That's just some of you 50-odds, right? You're still around. You still got a time to go. That's what the Scripture says. You say, Dave, what are you talking about? Get in your Bible. Believers are supposed to know their word. I'm not hitting people hard. I'm just saying, get in your Bible. Find out. It says, this generation will not pass away. Number two, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Well, we can all say, oh, of course, World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War, on and on and on. I don't know what we were talking about 
these brilliant historical moments, I say brilliant because, I mean, it's just everybody thought they were awesome. There's, there's of, of four, five, six years, I'm talking about ongoing, nonstop, and the violence and bitterness is getting worse. That's what we're kind of getting into. Wars and rumors of wars, <clears throat> especially though, according to Scripture, relative to the Middle East and Israel. Now, you ready for this? Though it was not spoken by name, there is a particular nation that is uh, alluded to several times in Scripture, in Ezekiel 38, in Ezekiel 39, in Revelation. Uh, it is alluded to several times. In fact, let me tell you, let me, let me, let me read you the Scripture here real quick. Ezekiel 38 and 39 says, talks about the uttermost north. And whenever Scripture was written, it was based on where Jerusalem was. The uttermost north. If you take a globe and point straight up to the uttermost north of Jerusalem, what nation are we looking at? Russia. What is it? In fact, Daniel, you heard about Russia. How many know Russia's in the news? Okay, in fact, Daniel, the book of Daniel says, at the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, but the king of the north shall rush upon him like a whirlwind. And he's going to take along those who are a part of north. And who's north of him? Iran, Turkey, Afghanistan, all apart. Syria, all apart of what's going on there. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. And there are famines and earthquakes in various places. I dare you today, go home and Google Earthquake increase. I'm, I just did it. Before I walked in here, I just wanted to see if it worked. MSNBC, why are there more earthquakes than ever before? And that was 2018. Why the increase? Of course, I love this. I, you got to, you know, for you environmentalists, I, we recycle. We do. We recycle, we take care, we don't dirty up the world. I'm telling you, we do our best. But we're also, in the, the, the earth is not on the throne, God is. So that's how I look at it. I can't make that an idol. Do you notice how causes can become an idol in your life? Even environmentalism has become a cause and it, became an, it has become an idol. Okay, so I'm not fighting against good practices, I'm fighting against making it a theology, a religion, a God. Sorry, it's not. It's not, nor am I for destroying the planet either. I'm not, but many people are blaming the rise of earthquakes on what? Climate change. I find it interesting that climate change seems to be coming into play for the very things that were prophesied 2,000 plus years ago. Famines, it says. Earthquakes and famines all around the world will take place. Number three, Israel will be surrounded by those bent on its annihilation. <laughs> How many have been watching the news the last month? The last year? But when you see, this is Luke 21, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you know the time of desolation is near. You know what's coming. Who's with me right now? Are you, anybody think? Okay, yeah, just with me for a moment. Okay. Number four, religious deception would be rampant. Matthew 24 says, if anyone tries to flag you down, calling out, here's the Messiah, or pop up everywhere, don't fall for it. 
Fake messiahs, lying preachers are going to pop up everywhere. Their impressive credentials and dazzling performances will pull the wool over your eyes. And even those who ought to know better, I've given you fair warning. That was Jesus. What do we got to get back to? The Word and seeking the Lord and the Holy Spirit to lead us and keep our eyes fixed. Think of the things in this world, the social justice issues, the identity politics that have become a religion. That's as much a part of this as us. Think of the American church. That's almost become in some ways leaning into a false religion. It's a religion all about who rather than about his people. Second hmm. Timothy 4 says, The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears that will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into lies. How many know we've been there and we're getting deeper? Yeah. Now, guys, this is Scripture 2,000 plus years ago. This is Scripture. This is where we're at. Another word, extreme famines would occur in different parts of the world. Epidemics and pandemics would spread. And I, I meant to mention, you know, it's funny, earthquakes will increase. What they're saying is increasing more and more are the great earthquakes. Well, this is what Scripture says. Luke 21, there will be great earthquakes. I mean, that's what they call them, great earthquakes. And the great earthquakes, ones that are more than 7.5 on the Richter scale, those are the great earthquakes. What does Scripture say? There will be great earthquakes. Another one out of Daniel 12.4, technology will advance in, at an unbelievable rate. Anybody 100 years old? Those that are getting there, Pastor Jim. Uh, slowly getting there. Come on now. Years. Do you know why they started White Hill in 1901? Butch, I won't let her hold that on you now. You know why they started White Hill Church in 1901? Because Mount Vernon, anybody know where Mount Vernon is up the road? was a little too far to drive. Or, well, at that point, there was not really driving. Walking or riding horse. That's why, so they started White Hill in this community. Everybody before went to Mount Vernon. Here we are now. That was a hundred and what? 17 years ago. What are we doing now? What are we doing now? Oh, it mesmerized. I was saying about the other day, my dad comes downstairs and talks to a machine that answers him. Good morning, Alexa. Oh, he my kids, they love to ask it jokes. <laughs> Believe me, he's asked her. At some point in time, he's going to ask her if she knows Jesus, too. I know it. And that's all right. Daniel 12, 4 says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge will increase. What's been happening in the last hundred years? Astounding. <laughs> astounding stuff. I can't keep up with it. Can you? 
They're making a mint off of us. How, how many of us keep up buying an upgrade on our cell phone? My word. Who would have thought 10 years ago we'd be paying $1,000 for a phone? I just saw the other day I had to applaud it. There is actually a trend going back to very simple phones. They still have the, you can do it with your finger and everything and all that stuff. But it doesn't, it's not all the fancy stuff, and it's only like $100. It looks all fancy, but it's only like $100, and people are flocking to these things. They're just saying, ah, oh, we are just overwhelmed. I can't even keep up with what came out yesterday. But see, this was prophesied, that this is what's going to happen. How many remember the little story of the Tower of Babel? Babel, however you want to say it. See, they said, let's build a tower that can reach to the heavens so that, you know, we can reach God. Or really, in a sense, so that we can be like who? Yeah, so we can be like God. And they had the technological advances at that point to do such a thing, or God would not have stepped down and said, uh, we need to confuse some languages here because if I let them go, they'll be able to accomplish anything. What's happening in this day and age? And see, we're making ourselves we're making ourselves more and more God is what's happening. Here's another one. Terrorism is going to jump to the forefront in a heavy way. And you say, what are you talking about? Well, Revelation 20, and I'm going to share a new story I just read yesterday. Revelation 20, then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus. What is the favorite way of execution for terrorism? Beheading. Just yesterday I read uh, a, a Pentecostal minister in India, I believe, attacked by extreme Hinduists and was beheaded. And it's happening more and more and more and more. The increase is happening more and more. More violence. Or you say, oh my word. I'm going to be honest with you. The other night I laid awake praying because, you know, I've got six beautiful little kids that are growing up in his generation. But then the Lord did remind me, I'm still God. I wouldn't have told you these things and prophesied these things if I wasn't trying to get your attention that I'm also your refuge and your children's refuge. Right? But I, I think today what I'm trying to do is get hold of people's attention just for a moment. Because how many know we get wrapped up with what's going on in the world around us, the newest feature on the cell phone not realizing that the newest feature on the cell phone is playing right into what Scripture has been saying all these years, right? You follow what I'm saying? Sometimes we've got to get back to the big picture here. There would also be an emphasis on sex and materialism. <laughs> oh, my word. Morality was going to be completely twisted. Hello? Betrayals, multiplying family problems, resistance to God's message would be prevalent. 1 Timothy 4 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. Depart, that means they were actually involved somehow. So when you depart, that means you step away because you think you know best. And they will devote themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings by demons. And folks, I'm going to have to tell you right there, it's not talking about theology either. It's talking about lies that we are hearing day after day after day. Henceforth, a fast from the news on my part. 
And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I read only the conservative stuff. And even that's just got me going, oh. If you got your Bible for a moment, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul was sharing with Timothy, hey, this is what people are going to start looking like. And here's the thing. He does not determine whether he's talking about church people or non-church people. He's just talking about people. Okay? Chapter 3. If you're there, let me hear you say amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And he finishes up that verse, have nothing to do with them. You know, it's not just the people he's talking about. He's talking about the practices. He's talking about the garbage. He's like, guys, in fact, it's so severe. I don't think we realize, a lot of times we hear um, uh, one of the things Jesus spoke up and spoke up through the word a lot, God spoke through the word, was do not fear. How many know that? And they say you can come up with 365 different times. He said, don't fear somehow, which I find interesting, right? But do you know another thing that a lot of guys spoke on in, in their various books? Let me see if you can catch, catch the theme here real quick, okay? The Father, God the Father in Deuteronomy eleven sixteen said, be careful or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Jesus said, watch out that you're not deceived. Many are going to come in my name claiming I'm he, and the time is near. Don't follow them. Paul said in Colossians, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. James wrote in James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. First John, John wrote in First John, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Peter said in Second Peter, therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. Basically, people are telling us to what? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. My wife, and I've said it before, she has a little thing over our mirror in the living room. Don't believe everything you think. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. There, there are some of us around here that are just proud to say what we think. And I'm going to tell you what, Scripture is pretty clear. You better watch your mouth, boy. You better not even believe in half of what you think. But they're careful. We are the biggest deceivers to ourselves. But there are people out there right now that are trying to deceive us. 
Deceive us from what? Deceiving us from believing that this is truth and Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. I'm going to tell you what. Till the day you die and are called home, there are going to be people trying to buck you the whole time to tell you that you are wrong. And they're going to tell you a lot of things that sound really good until you get to the heart of them. Who's hearing that? They're going to tell you a lot of things. Boy, I wish I had more teenagers here today because I'm going to tell you what. They're going to tell you a lot of things. They're going to make it sound really good when at the root of it, we're going to touch in on the root of it in just a little bit, and you're going to find out nothing's new under the sun. Nothing's new under the sun. Who's with me right now? So, guys, as far as the end times, knowing what's going to happen is not as important as being prepared. Okay, being ready. The most important thing we can do is to abide in the Lord. There's no safer place we could be than be in His will. We can know all the prophecies accurately, but if we're not abiding in Him and doing in His will, we will be in as much trouble as those who knew nothing. So we know that we're living in the times right now. We see it happening in the paper and on the news. We see it. We hear it. But what are you going to do with it? Are you just going to go, hey, I know this, I know that, oh, we live in crazy, yeah. Or are you going to start abiding in Christ because He is your only hope? Folks, when He returns, when things go down, there is no second chance. He is a God of second chances till the moment you are in His presence. At that point, it's either you knew Him and He knew you, or you didn't. That's it. That's why it's preparing us and knowing that, hey, we live in such a time as this. As I'm sharing this with you, doesn't it make a lot of the petty things we get annoyed about just seem small? Doesn't it? Just makes them seem small. The things we argue over, just small. The things we get frustrated over, just small. Don't be deceived. I got looking, and I, I just had an idea. What, what, what causes people to want to turn away from God, move into agnosticism, atheism, just or live like there is no God? And how many know there are a lot of Christian atheists? Uh, look up here. Don't miss this. How many know there's a lot of Christian atheists? You know what a Christian atheist is? Someone who calls themselves a Christian but lives like God doesn't exist. They're still in control. They're still, making, they're still calling the shot. What they want to do. They're on the throne. They say what they want to say. They say what they want to think. They do what they want to do. Oh, yeah, I'm a believer in Jesus. Well, you don't look like him. You don't act like him. You smell like a regular old sinner to me. You say, boy, that's judgmental. No. Outside of Christ, we are dying in our what? Who should I constantly be in check with? Lord, start with me. Send revival, Lord, start with me. Bring somebody to you, Lord, start with me. Bring healing today somebody in somebody's life, start with me. Bring freedom today, start with me. But what are the, what are the things that really keep us and, and cause people to move to atheism, agnosticism, they're doing their own thing, whatever, sit in a church for 50 years and never really know Jesus? Well, four things I've kind of came up with. A gentleman had written these down, so I kind of tweaked them up a little bit. Number one, person, the person desires moral independence. 
Now, I'm just going to make it nice and easy. They want to do what they want to do. I want to do what I want to do. I don't care what Scripture says. I somehow, and how many have been down this road? You've been doing something you know you shouldn't do, and you know Scripture says you shouldn't do it, but somehow you rationalize that it'll all wash out in the end. Anybody ever done that before? It's not a safe place to walk. Not because God's got it out for you, but you yourself are walking in a wrong direction. Can I ask you guys a question? In this day and age, who would rather be walking on a secure path and refuge and walking in peace rather than walking the other direction and living in fear? Yeah. You start doing things like you want to do them, you're going to just end up in this pile of fear and not knowing how to get out. Henceforth, what's on the rise in America? Depression, suicide, anxiety, fear, violence. I do find it interesting with those that say, you know, uh, I want moral independence. But usually they're also ones who fight for social justice. But wouldn't you want to ask them then, okay, you, you want social justice for all? Well, where does, your, where, where does your desire to see all things well for people come from? Because if it's really up to us, most of us don't really care about people. But God has put something in our heart. We want to see the best for people. When we want to see why people turn. Number two, there is an emotional reason why people turn away. And I'll be honest with you, this is bottom line. Usually they're hurt or they're angry, or they're disappointed over something that's gone on. They prayed to God and prayed to God and prayed to God and prayed to God, and nothing changed, and therefore, what do they do? My grandfather passed away. I prayed God would not allow that to happen, and it did, so I'm... Or I'm angry at this person, or I'm angry at that person, so I... And because they believe in God... emotional reasons for completely pulling yourself away from your only hope. Emotional reasons. Another one. I've heard people do this. They just want everybody to be happy. Henceforth, all those good old coexist bumper stickers on the back of cars that make absolutely not one ounce of sense to me. They don't. I look at I, every time I pull up on a coexist sticker, I'm going, okay, that religion says this. This religion says, well, those aren't going to exist well. This one says, no. Basically, a coexist sticker needs to say, just stop believing what you believe in order to get what they want to have happen. But that'll never happen. They want everyone and everything to be fair and happy. So now we have 90 genders out there trying to make everybody happy. But isn't it interesting, the more you do that, the more unhappy other people get. Is it ever going to happen? Hey, I'm a pastor of a church. I know what it's, not, it's like to try to make everybody happy. It, it, I shouldn't say impossible because we just dealt with that, wasn't it? Uh, it's not going to happen. You don't make everybody happy. But most of the time, when people are just trying to make everybody happy, fix them, make everything fair, it's because they're full of fear themselves. And they want everybody because if everybody's happy, then there, there, there won't be any reflection on me. I won't get hurt. So again, fear. 
And lastly, and this is the biggest one that I'm concerned for, so I want everybody to hear this one. This is my biggest concern for even the people sitting here in this pew right now because there's going to come a day where the deception is so heavy, the deception is so bad, the deception is so, so strong that it says there's a possibility even some of the elect could be deceived. You hear that? Listen to this. Here's another reason why I think people turn away from the Lord. They are easily swayed because they don't know the truth for themselves. You've been sitting in church for how many years, but you've never gotten to know Jesus. I talked to you. Sermon last week. You never got to know the person of Jesus Christ who wants to talk to you, who wants to walk with you, who wants to be with you, who wants to hold you, who wants to carry you, who wants to support you and sustain you. He wants to do those things. Do you know him or do you just know about him? Because I'm going to tell you what, if you only know about Jesus, you're not going to make it. Because eventually the deception is going to come into play that somebody's going to talk you out of believing that he really is real. You've got to know him for yourself in order to look that person in the face and say, well, that's fine, but that's a lie. I believe because I know Jesus. Nobody could talk me out of knowing Jim Bunyard. Nobody. I know Jim Bunyard exists. I've seen him for many years. I've talked to him for many years. No one in here could say, renounce Jim Bunyard and then, or else die. Well, that's kind of tough. Kind of hung out with the guy for 25 years. When you know Jesus, that's why people can stand in the face of death and say, you're going to have to do your worst because I know Jesus. What am I supposed to do? I was with him today. He's here right now. Do you see what I'm saying? When we don't know Jesus, we're easily swayed. And so when these tough times come, we start going, huh. That's why so many of our churches are in such a mess and going with liberal theology, liberal politics, the whole nine yards. They're getting swayed away from what the truth says. Because we don't know Jesus. Who's hearing that? And I'm not talking condemningly. I'm saying bring it back home. Oh, it was an old Christian group years ago in the 80s called For Him. And they had this one song, one hit, said, Basics of life. We need to get back to the basics of life. We gotta. We gotta get back to the truth. That's, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. That has kind of done a, a crazy revival kind of thing going on in my heart in the last couple of weeks. I just gotta get back to you, Jesus. I'm tired of trying to make everything work. I gotta get back to you. I'm trying to tr tired of trying to worry about everything and make everything happen. I gotta get back to you. Boy, it starts to change everything. So those are the main things. Why people leave Christ or leave the Lord or don't want anything to do with the Lord. And they're all rooted in fear. And here's one more too. You ready? They desire to know everything and have an answer for everything. You know how many teenagers I've had over the years who are very bright? And this is why a lot of bright people become quote-unquote atheists. Because bright people aren't so bright when it comes to being able to say no to something. And what are you saying? Really, bright people cannot stop. They're obsessed with having an answer for everything. And I'm going to tell you what. There are times when the only answer I can give you is Jesus. That's it. I don't know why what happened happened, but I know Jesus is the answer. I don't know why this is going on, but I know Jesus is the answer. I don't know why that happened, but Jesus is the answer. And if I cling to Jesus, 
I'm going to come out the other end. Anybody hearing me right now? See, all these things are rooted in fear. If I don't know the answer to everything, well, we already know where that's going. You're going to lose control. We're going to lose your cool. You're going to lose. It's an identity thing. If I can't make everybody happy, it's fear. It's an identity thing. Oh, they taught me out of it. I might be left out. I might look bad. I need to, I need to you know, be in the group with everybody else. No. It's fear. 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 I want to do what I want to do. Because you're afraid if you don't do what you want to do, you might not be happy. So the focus is all about who? You see, the American church has made churchianity all about themselves. When Jesus came to save us as individuals and make us into a large body of believers. To love one another, stand with each other. That's why I preached that, mess, that, that, that series on better together. We've got to be together. We're not going to make it if we're not together. Guys, you cannot do things if they are taking precedence over God. You just can't. If anything is on the throne that is not God, ask the Lord to show it to you and ask Him to strengthen you to remove it that He may be where He is rightfully to be in your life. I'm going to finish it up with this. Two different instances in Scripture. One instance, Jesus is in, a, in the synagogue and a man with a demon is in there. And he tells the demon to come out. The demons come out. And you know what the demon said? Three words. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. How many times have we said that to God? Oh, you'd say, no, that's what the demon said. No, that's what we say. Leave us alone. Another time is a man who had been a demonic, demoniac, had been out in the wilderness along the Sea of Galilee. Jesus goes over here. Here the guy comes. And I love what it says. I love New Living's translation. It says, the demons looked at Jesus and says, why are you interfering with us? Hello, church. How many have gotten angry at God for interfering with your life? Oh, come on now. We, we're we're going to be spiritual. Okay, may I ask you a question? Who's gotten woke up at 2.30 in the morning and the Lord's saying, I want you to pray? Uh, I just must have to go pee. That's all. <laughs> and you do. You go do your business and come back, God. Mark Lowry, anybody remember him? He said one time he's going to name his word the be, uh, or his bed the word, so that whenever uh, Sunday morning comes and goes and he didn't feel like getting out of bed, somebody asks him where he was, and he can say he was in the word. <laughs> we do what we want to do, don't we? Leave us alone, God. Why are you interfering with us? Because he loves us and has our best in mind and knows exactly what you need. He just wants you to listen and obey. Everything. He is who he says he is. We are who he says we are. We have what he says we have. But folks, come on. we got to listen and obey to experience that. That's not this... That's not this 
uh, 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 unconditional love thing. No, he's like, I need you to be over on this path so you can experience it all. And the way you get there is by listening to my direction and obeying them, and it gets you on the path. So you experience the blessing. Who here today wants to experience all of God's blessing? Twelve people? Who here wants to experience God's blessing? Who here wants their families blessed like crazy? Who here wants their families all to know Jesus? Who here wants all their loved ones to know Jesus? Who here wants to see uh, those who are ailing physically be healed? Who wants to see depression broken? Who wants to see fear broken? Who wants to see revival in the church? Who wants to see the country come to freedom and deliverance? Who wants to see the nations come to know Jesus? So start listening and obeying. Stop with the leave us alone. Stop with the why are you interfering. And you say, well, when do I do that? Whenever he speaks and you don't listen. And there are things that he has said a long time ago that you are not, you still haven't listened to. Amen? I want you to clean up your mouth. Stop speaking lies over people. Well, they just annoy me so much. Do it if he wants strength to stop speaking lies over people. He wouldn't tell you to do it if he wasn't going to strengthen you to do it. Stop speaking lies over yourself. Boy, I could go on and on and on and on and on. Jesus is coming back soon. He is. We live in the times. We live in the times. How many know that? It's coming. How many know you just open the newspaper, you open your news magazines, you get on the internet. There it is. All the things the Bible prophesied 2,000 plus years ago is right there. It's happening. Young and old alike, we can't get away from it. We can't. And more than ever before, church, we need to be excited about it. Tracy said to me the other day, you know, isn't it interesting? We, uh, most of the time we talk about the return of Jesus and people are like, I'm so scared. As teenagers, we'd, we'd be like, I just want to have a family. I used to say that. I just want to have kids. I'm not going to live life. What we forget is this life is nothing compared to that life. But see, that's where our thinking is. And as a church, we sing songs like, even though, even so, Lord, come. Lord, come. Soon and very soon. We sing songs like that, but do we really, really have an expectation he could come at any moment? And are we ready? Are we ready? Are our eyes fixed on the fact that he is coming back? And we cannot be deceived. We cannot be lied to. We can't be talked out of our Jesus because our Jesus is all in all to us, to me. So how many here today? in declaration, just where you are, can take a stand and say, hey, I today know that God is on the throne of my heart. God is on the throne of my heart. I will not be deceived or talked out of that. Nor will I be repelled away by my own way of thinking. But I will be set free. And expect eternal life because I know him and he knows me. Amen. There you go. Anybody else want to stand up? Say, that's me. That's me. I'm taking a stand. I, I don't care what the newspaper says. I don't care what Fox News says. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what any of it says. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. 
I choose him today. And I am not going to be talked out of it. Now, Lord, we've made some real bold, bold statements. Now we're going to get humble. God, help us. We need your strength. We've seen what you can do. We want to walk it out. We know who you are. We want to walk that out. I just pray straight from my We take hold in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray straight from my heart. Lord, I just pray for my family right now that Jesus, every one of my, my wife and my children, they would know you in the midst of what's coming. That they would stand firm in the midst of what's coming. And they would experience such peace in the midst of what's coming. Lord, I pray that for every family, for every individual here, that they will stand firm, that we as a body of believers will firmly stand and say, hey, I will not fear because I know my God is with me. He never has left me and he has never forsaken me. You are good and greatly to be praised. To God be the glory. We love you and we thank you. And can anybody here just one more shout of praise in this house today? Let's give him glory. Hallelujah.